This is a conversation Uncle Jay and I have every single week. Actually, your example was better. My example. The one that you just gave me. Yeah. So go ahead and start it and then I'll and then I'll do my thing. The seatbelt sign is on. It's gonna be a rough ride. And welcome back to the Flat Attendant Podcast. I am Uncle Josie, and I'm here with... B. 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 How are you? I'm good. I'm a little tired, but I'm good, actually. That's good. I'm a little tired, too. Now, this, um, the, the, the layover last night was short, but... I was actually be able to, I was able to sleep well. It's the past couple of trips, I haven't been able to sleep well. I don't know what it is. So I just had breakfast and so I won't be hallucinating. Yeah. <laughs> you won't be hallucinating. <laughs> well, that's good. Where are you? I'm in Dallas. Ooh. Did you know that I used to live there? I know. I know that you used to live here. Yes. Yes. I miss it. I don't miss the summer, though. Let me tell you that. Oh, no. It's really hot outside. I'm, and I'm, I'm actually, funny story, I'm in Austin, uh, I was in Austin. No, I am in Austin right now. What am I talking about? And guess what? <laughs> what? Guess what? I got my first tattoo in Austin. Your first what? My first tattoo. Your first tattoo? Mm-hmm. When was that? Back in 2008. Uh, my first tattoo was 2000. I was still in high school. Don't tell my mom. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to tell next time I see her. No, you're not. Do you have any news for me today? I do. So <laughs> there's a United Flights that was evacuated after a teenager airdropped a photo of a soft, an airsoft gun to other passengers. Isn't that fun? So a teen caused a United Airlines flight to be evacuated after he airdropped an image of a gun to other passengers. The passengers were removed from the plane and rescreened, NBC Bay Area reported. So it was determined that the image wasn't new and the gun wasn't in the teenager's possession. So this was from San Francisco to Orlando and it was United Airlines flight 2167 and it was preparing to leave the gate at San Francisco International Airport when several passengers received the image of a replica weapon via the Apple's airdrop feature. Can I just say that whenever I was at Universal last week with Jay, and as I was walking in the line, people were trying to airdrop me things. Like, when did that become okay? Anyway. Well, what? Just so, airdropping like pictures and stuff like that? Is that? Yeah, like yeah. So with with Apple, because you're not an Apple person, but with Apple, there's this feature that you can like yeah, yeah. send. Yeah, you can send. Um, 
from phone to phone if your airdrop is turned on. And mine is usually, I just always forget to turn it off because I use it so much to send reports between other flight attendants and stuff that I just uh-huh. don't, I don't turn it off. And I don't have everybody's phone number to be like, here, let me just text it to you, you know? So it's just easier for me to airdrop things. But I only airdrop things to people I know. And I just don't understand why people think it's okay to airdrop to strangers. That's that's crazy. I'm I'm actually kind of glad that that doesn't exist with Androids because I don't know. Yeah. So the pilot announced a threat on board after several complaints were made to flight attendants. And the passengers were removed from the plane, rescreened out of an abundance of caution, and the aircraft was inspected. It was also determined that the image of the airsoft gun was taken at a prior date and that the teenager did not have the imitation firearm in his possession. The plane was then clear for reboarding, and the teenager was not allowed to get back on the plane, <laughs> which is good. Oh, yeah. That yeah, sucks. so the airport. I know. <laughs> the airport's flight tracker showed the plane was scheduled was scheduled to take off at 2 p.m. local time, and the flight was delayed by almost three hours and did not take off until nearly 5 p.m. local time. A United spokesperson confirmed that the flight was delayed due to a security issue involving a customer on board, and law enforcement officials were notified. And the and the our team for working with them to review the matter. So, uh, I over don't a picture. Okay, yeah. I mean, what do you think is going to happen when you send a picture of a gun, even if you don't have it with you? Did you really think you were able to get it, get on the plane again? I mean, the 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 thought of even sending a picture of a gun to everybody that is available. I've, I've uh, heard flight attendants say that passengers have tried to airdrop penis pictures. Just like <laughs> very inappropriate pictures. It's like, no. Penis. My favorite anyway. word. <laughs> so this was from Business Insider. That's crazy. Over, over, oh, oh my God, almost over a penis, penis picture. <laughs> I mean, it's a gun. <laughs> Did you imagine how angry people are going to be on that flight? I will not want to be a flight attendant on that flight, on a flight like that. I mean, I feel like, I mean, I don't, it wasn't the flight attendant's fault. No, but you know. First of all, and I don't, I don't foresee people taking it out on the flight attendants because they took care of the situation. Right. No, but what I'm saying is, the attitude like the new trend on the attitude towards a flight attendant is you know everything is our fault now i don't know maybe i'm just no yeah i understand completely but yeah that's crazy Uh, i have some this is at foxnews.com former flight attendant to honor 9-11 victims by pushing a beverage card from Boston to Ground Zero. Paul Veneto spoke with Fox News as he prepares to push a beverage cart about 220 miles starting next month. On August 21, 62-year-old Paul, also called Pauly Veneto, will begin the 220-mile walk from Boston Logan's International Airport to Ground Zero to in New York City 
However, he won't just be walking the net to a former flight attendant from Braintree, Massachusetts, will be pushing a beverage cart the entire way to honor his colleagues who died 20 years ago in September 11 attacks. Well, 20 years ago is already. They were heroes, Veneto told Fox News. They were the first responders of the first first responders of 9-11 and they should be recognized as that thank you the inspiration for the journey which veneto is calling police push just came from common sense he said i'm going to walk to new york people walk people run what do flight attendants do veneto said everyone knows what a flight attendant does they push a beverage cart down the aisle <laughs> 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 the cart Veneto is pushing has American Airlines and United Airlines flying numbers on the sides with photos of the crew members and flight attendants on the top. I'm looking at them every day. Veneto was a United Airlines flight attendant around the time of the attacks and even worked on a flight 175. He said he knew many of the crew members who died. Every anniversary that comes up, I thought about them, Veneto said. Veneto often thinks about how flight attendants responded during the attacks, calling ground control and encouraging passengers. Those crew members, they rallied together under extraordinary conditions, Veneto said. That was America. After 9-11, Veneto said he struggled for many years with that opiate addiction, finally getting sober in 2015, according to his, web his website, However, he told Fox that he doesn't want his recovery journey to overshadow the main purpose of his walk from Boston to New York. I'm just grateful that I was able to run my life, to turn my life around, and now I'm able to do what I'm doing. Venendo said he's glad he can draw attention to the heroism of the flight attendants after we've all been through with the coronavirus pandemic and political tension of the last years and a half it's not about any of that stuff he said right now it's recognize these guys and hopefully the rest of us can all get along that is a very nice thing to do pushing a cart is not gonna be easy it's not it's not going to be easy those i'm i'm pretty sure his cart is empty Mm -hmm. but still those the wheels on that are not made for that <laughs> terrain so not for yeah not for this dreams i hope that's a really 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 there's good pictures. way to honor a flight attendant yeah definitely and there's pictures on the on the website once we posted um it doesn't really necessarily show how um but he does have, have a website polispush.com I'm assuming that he will have pictures there. Um, okay, I will add those in the episode notes and people can, and I'll also put it on the Instagram. And uh, that also shows like how our, uh, our job can drive us to, to addiction. Like you hear a flight attendant falling in the, the alcoholism and other substance abuse. Sometimes our life it becomes very lonely. Very lonely. So don't forget to ask for help if you need it. There you go. Yeah. So you can go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org. If you need to speak to somebody, you can also call 1-800-273-273. 
888-988-8255. And you can also text 988 if you want to text to someone and they'll be able to assist you and help you with that. So once again, please always ask for help. If you, or even if you just want to talk to somebody, they will talk to you. Yes. Yeah. Shall we take a quick break? Yeah, sure. Worked together for 15 years. Coached football together for 15 years. 15 years. Now we're two big fat fucks. <laughs> guy rules. Whatever fat guys talk about. Sports. The top five game. game. Wrestling. Movie review. Interview podcast. podcast. We're battling ourselves yeah. with this. Absolutely. This whole podcast. Podcast. You were our first Tom Great. Tom Great. Tom Great. Take a deep. Take a deep. This is the Outlaw Blitz podcast. Guest. Guest. Okay, so we're back now after deliberation. <laughs> After a little mental fart. <laughs> <laughs> I've, I've never heard what you just explained to me. So, so go ahead and say it again. So my experience yesterday, which I never think I have, and I hope I never encounter again, um, on the flight yesterday, um, they put a, a person with disabilities um in a row where their unrest doesn't lift up. Not only she was a person with disabilities, she was a person of size. Helping her sitting on that row was a little bit challenging, but not much of a problem. However, however, when we landed to the destination, we encountered the problem. So the wheel, the wheel uh, chair pusher, they couldn't help her out of the row of the seat. So they, we, the, the pilots ended up calling after like probably 20 minutes of us just being there trying to find ways to help her out. They decided to actually remove the row seats in front of her. That's I, amazing. I never, never. I mean, the fact that they were, that they thought about this, even after just 20 minutes shows that they have done it before. To have to remove a, the row in front, right? For it, I don't know how I will feel. Like the, the many challenges that these people have to go through, um, in order to to fly to to travel, it's it's amazing. I would not feel okay with myself if, if that was my case. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same. Like, but so I, I feel like some disabilities kind of ha- drive you to that where you can't it just sucks because a lot of people don't see it as a disability they see it as laziness they see it as whatever may have you and I have seen I've had a couple of instances where a person of size asked me to be moved to a different seat because where they were sitting was uncomfortable because the armrests were immovable so they weren't able to fit or they were too wide and there was like a third person or, you know, there were three people to a row. And one of them, I will never, ever, ever forget her. She came up to me and said, is, 
is there any way that I can sit somewhere else? I feel like I'm making the people next to me really uncomfortable. And I was like, sure, give me a second. And me not thinking about it at the time, I just was like, here, just hang out with me one moment and you know, we'll figure it out. She started crying because she felt like people were staring at her. Oh, so wow. I had to like, yeah, because, you know, and then people aren't, when you, you, you know exactly when they're boarding the plane, they don't pay attention to anything that they're doing. So they just probably saw a person sitting in or standing in the front galley with me near the boarding area, not thinking anything of it. But because she has probably she has probably experienced it before, she felt like all eyes were on her just because she was standing there. So I had her. So I I just went out to the jet bridge and I was like, look, I honestly don't think anybody was looking at you. I'm so sorry that I made you. I put you in an uncomfortable position. Don't worry about it. If you want to stand out here, and that's fine. Uh, I'll just. I'll figure it out and then I'll come get you. And then you can, so I was able to get her a road to herself. And I just, I think it was at that moment where I felt like such an asshole because I was like, I just put somebody in a, a very uncomfortable position because of her size. And I didn't do it on purpose. It was just subconscious that I was just, because that's what I would tell everybody. It's like, give me a second, like just wait here while I figure it out. Right. So that put a lot of, a lot of things into perspective for me on how to handle certain types of situations. Wow. And I was looking some information for, for the, the podcast and um, I just learned that disabilities are not always temporary, like um, permanently. There's temporaries. Like I didn't know that breaking a leg, it's considered a disabil uh, temporary disability. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's exactly right. Breaking a leg or having a cast on your arm, things like that are temporary disabilities. So this information that I have is specifically just for the U for U.S. carriers, and then a person with a disability may have physical or mental impairment that impacts a major life activity such as walking, hearing, or breathing. The airlines must accommodate the needs of air travelers with disabilities. The Air Carrier Access Act (ACAA) is the law that makes it illegal for airlines to discriminate discriminate against passengers because of their disability. The Department of Transportation is responsible for enforcing the ACAA which applies to flights to, from, or within the United States. Airlines are also required to provide passengers with disability many types of assistance, including wheelchair or other guided assistance on board the plane or connect to another flight, seating accommodations that meets the passenger's disability and other related needs and assistance with loading and stowing of assistive devices. The DOT has developed a series of disability training materials to assist passengers with disabilities to better understand their rights. There are different ways. For us, we can't help people with their backs. We've said this over and over again. However, the wheelchair pushers have that responsibility to put their bags in the overhead bin for passengers with disability or with passengers in a wheelchair. The other, other parts of the disability it's like we have the onboard wheelchair so if we have a non-ambulatory passenger then needs to relieve themselves we will take that 
aisle chair on board and take them to the bathroom. What other stuff have you come across? People with canes and walkers. So this is what is considered an assistive device. Crutches, canes, walkers, braces and prosthetics, wheelchairs, hearing aids, portable oxygen concentrators, continuous positive airway pressure, the CPAP machines, prescription medication, and other medical devices needed to administer those medications such as syringes or auto-injectors. You are able to bring your assistance device with you on an airplane and stow it in the passenger compartment, so in the overhead compartment, underneath the seat in front of you, or in a designated storage area if the device fits in accordance with the FAA or foreign safety regulations. Somebody asked if they could, if the device cannot be stowed in the passenger as the carry-on baggage, does they have they have to pay to be checked at the bag? And nope, wheelchairs, even strollers, walkers, canes, motorized scooters do not incur any charges if you have to stow them under in the cargo bin of the plane. So if the device cannot be stored in the cabin, when can it be picked up? If you come on a wheelchair, if your personal wheelchair or walker, you leave it on the jet bridge. And then right where you leave it on the jet bridge, you'll pick it up at your destination. Here's a good one. Can I bring my battery powered wheelchair on board the seating portion of the aircraft? So no, airlines are required to transport only manual wheelchairs in the cabin of the aircraft. More, most battery Powered operated wheelchairs are too large and too heavy to be safely stowed in the seating portion of an aircraft. Large and heavy powered wheelchairs are typically stowed in the cargo portion of the aircraft. And then when your powered wheelchair is stowed in the cargo compartment, the airline must return your assistive device to you in a timely in a timely manner as close as possible to the door of the aircraft unless you ask to pick it up at baggage claim. I actually just had an incident in Orlando of all places. because (laughs) the ramp kept closing and we landed oh wait no i'm sorry it was not in orlando it was baltimore the ramp was closed when we landed so or it closed as soon as we started deplaning so we were deplaning and we had a non-ambulatory passenger in like row four and he was like where was my wheelchair and i was like i'm so sorry sir but the ramp is closed so unfortunately the ground crew cannot go into the baggage, into the cargo bin to grab your wheelchair. So we're just going to have to wait here. Mind you, I really wanted to get off to get some food because I was really hungry. And he started making a huge scene. And he was like, where the, when the fuck and why the F and this and that. And I was like, sir, unfortunately, we don't know because there's lightning in the area. And he's like, I have to go get a rental car and I have to go to a funeral. I understand that. I understand completely. And I empathize 100% with how you're feeling right now. However, because of lightning in the area, the ground crew cannot physically go onto the ramp. And so then I just had to get him off the plane. I asked for a regular wheelchair and they had him wait in the gate area. It only lasted about 10 minutes because it was, you know, every, it resets every 10 minutes when there's yeah. lightning. So mm-hmm. there was there wasn't another lightning strike after the first one for over 10 minutes. So they were able to get the wheelchair rather quickly. But a lot of these, this, the times we don't have control on mother nature. 
No. I can't ask her. I can't ask her to to hold off on the lightning strike because they have a passenger who needs their wheelchair or their stroller or whatever it might have you from you know the cargo bin. Like not not mother nature. Yeah, exactly. Can passengers bring their manual collapsible folding wheelchairs on board? So maybe. Individuals with a collapsible or breakdown wheelchair may stow their device in the overhead compartment underneath the seats or in a designated wheelchair storage area if if the device fits in accordance with the Federal Aviation Administration regulation. Airlines are required to accept or transfer at least one manual wheelchair in an aircraft with 100 or more seats. If your wheelchair does not fit in the cabin of the aircraft, airline personnel are required to stow it in the cargo portion of the aircraft free of charge. So we have the rule that if a passenger with a disability asks for the wheelchair to be on board, we can, if the flight is full, we can deplane three passengers on the last, from the last row of the aircraft so that wheelchair can be on board. And if there's enough space, then we can stow two of them in the last row. And I believe this is true for almost every airline, according to the FAA regulations and the ACAA law. So if you do have a disability and you need to travel with a wheelchair and you've had issues in the past where your wheelchair has been broken, missing a wheel, or it's been mishandled, you can request for it to be put on the plane with you in the seating portion of the aircraft. However, you must do this request well in advance because they're not going to displace three passengers if a flight is full last minute. Oh, that's really good to know. Yeah. What about POCs? Can they come on board? Yes. Yeah. So as long as it meets FAA <laughs> requirements, you can bring it on board. I wasn't sure if you were asking me. I'm more like, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. <laughs> but the answer is yes. Yes. Okay, so the airlines can require you to provide up to 48 hours in advance notice that you will use your POC on board. They need a medical certificate for the use of your POC on board. They can also, you also need to bring a supply of fully charged batteries to power your device for no less than 100, 150% of the duration of flight or check in one hour before the regular check-in time for the flight. So most airlines will let you check in two hours prior at the terminal. So you just have to be there three hours before. And then as mentioned before, your assistance, assistance devices do not count towards your baggage limit however if your bag also contains personal items the airline can count your bag towards the baggage limit and maybe and it may be subject to a baggage fee but i don't think it depends on the device i don't think it can hold more than like a, more than a wallet or something as a personal item right and who really and who really wants to leave their bag on top of the motorized scooter yeah <laughs> that was the uh, medical device assistive devices on the aircraft if you need assistance at the airport, the airlines are required to provide assistance to passengers with a disability as they navigate through different portions of the airport. This includes assisting you from the terminal entrance to the gate, including the checkpoint and onto the aircraft to your seat. They can also they also have to assist you from the aircraft when you arrive 
through the airport to the gate location of your connecting flight if you have a connecting flight and also assisting you from the aircraft seat arriving flight through the airport to baggage claim, terminal entrance, or vehicle pickup location. This has to be promptly requested when you get to the airport. And a lot of people that truly, truly need assistance that have done it before, they will actually have it in their reservation that they need wheelchair assistance, that they need a guide to go through security and everything. And a lot of the times when we have more wheelchairs than we planned for is because people ask for wheelchairs last minute and they only want the wheelchair so that they don't have to go through the long lines at TSA. That's that's the one that upsets me the most because they're taking away from people that actually need it and they have to go, not only they have to go through those challenges already, they have done it their job they have done their homework they have requested these in advance and the people that have like requested those things at last minute is like really <laughs> it's like when i asked for like five wheelchairs because yes. i have four people that needed wheelchairs and then all of a sudden my people that waited for their wheelchairs can't get a wheelchair because three other people took their wheelchairs yes why If you wanted a wheelchair, ask for it. When providing assistance to passengers with disability who are navigating the airport, airlines are required to assist passengers in carrying their gate checked or carry-on luggage when passengers aren't able to carry the luggage due to their disability. And a lot of the wheelchair pushers, a lot of the assistants should probably give them a different name. They don't like to put up their luggage. And I understand why those things are heavy. Families will send their loved ones with a disability by themselves, such as the elderly, and pack everything but the kitchen sink in those carry-ons. And let me tell you, those things are heavy. I mean, you know, you've had those before. Oh, yeah. It makes me also wonder, like, if there's more, like, medical things there, too. But... Mm -hmm. uh, I wonder also if they're just taking advantage because they think that they're going to be in a wheelchair so they don't have to carry it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Whenever that happens, I'm just like, I'm sorry, we're going to check it for you. If, if the assistant, the wheelchair assistant leave, just leaves it there for me, it's not my job to pick up your bag. And I'm sorry if you think that it is. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, We actually, you know, airlines cannot leave a passenger with a disability unattended for more than 30 minutes. So this requirement applies even if another person is accompanying the passenger, unless the passenger explicitly states that it is okay for the airline to leave them unattended for more than 30 minutes. So I did not know that part. I didn't know. I was about to say, I didn't know that. Yeah. Very interesting something that i learned today i do but then again that must be like something at the gate because i don't i I don't see how no i but but you know what i have heard and it's really sad i I don't mean to laugh um but i did have one passenger who was left unattended overnight at o'hare overnight overnight so we came in it was the last flight of the day we came in and we 
we asked for a wheelchair. Wheelchair took forever. The gate agent came and got her, and and we left because you know once they're off the plane, I'm a. It is my assumption that the gate agents will take them where they need to go, or they're going to wait with them while the the wheelchair assistant comes in to get them outside. I don't know the extent of what happened or anything. I don't know if um, if the gate agent said, I'll be right back, and they just never did because she thought that somebody else was getting this passenger. But what I heard from the following time that I was working, it was that this person was just left there at the gate. And, like, nobody, no airport employee asked her if she needed assistance. No a question, one. A question why they were just sitting there. Oh, my God. Yeah. I would have been like, hey, I mean, any, like, because, you know, at that time, they're cleaning the floors. People are, you know, there's so, and I, I think she had soiled herself. It, it just, like, broke my heart because it, it just, I, I was in shock to hear that. And I'm sure that, and I hope that, they raised hell regarding leaving a person unattended. But on the, on the flip side, I don't understand families that ship their loved ones with a disability by themselves late at night. Right. I mean, where was, where was the family of this person also? Exactly. Like, you know that that person is coming on a plane. Wouldn't you be like... Right. Like, where's my, where's, my, where's my grandma? Where's my mom? Where's my aunt? anything there was like nothing wow that's crazy yeah so if you have a disability you are allowed to board the plane before the passengers without a disability <laughs> i think it's funny the way that they worded this because it says yes if you self-identify as a passenger with disability who needs additional time or assistance to board assistance to board the plane the airline must allow you to board the plane before the other passengers that's a little bit careful. We have a little bit careful with that wording right there. That's what I'm saying. Like, if you self-identify as a passenger, I feel like you would have to be diagnosed as a passenger, as a person with a disability, in order to be able to board. But that's just me. Right, because people, it's not. It's just people likes to take advantage of every single thing, and not only it's not the fact that they're taking advantage. It's like they're affecting the people that really need it. These, are airlines required to allow me to stop at the bathroom when assisting me to my flight? Yes. If you request to stop at the bathroom on your way to or departing flight, the airline personnel assisting you is required to stop at the entrance of a bathroom. However, the airline personnel is required to stop only if the bathroom is on the way to your destination and the stop can be made without an unreasonable delay. This is kind of also a gray area because how can you deny somebody to go to the bathroom? Yeah, that, that definitely is a little... Now I can understand why a lot of our passengers who come on a wheelchair go to the bathroom right away, right when they get on the plane. That makes, yeah, that, that makes, makes sense. sense now. That makes sense, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It makes me um, kind of sad too now, a little bit. I'm like, oh. I know, that's, yeah. Upon request, the airline personnel is required to escort you and your service animal to a service release area. And 
airlines are required to provide you with assistance in a timely fashion after you're self-identified to the airport personnel as an individual who needs assistance. For the seating criteria under the Air Carrier Access Act, airlines are required to provide certain seating accommodations to passengers with disabilities who self-identify as needing to sit in a certain seat. Can I just self-identify to sit in first class on all of the airlines? I don't I don't like that word in. <laughs> I don't like it either. <laughs> so if you're a passenger with one of the disability related needs listed below. Okay, okay. And self-identify as such to the airline, you may qualify for one of the following types of accommodations. Oh hey, guess what's uh the first on the list? <laughs> the first class? No. <laughs> <laughs> No, the first on the list is movable, movable aisle armrest. If you, oh. if, yeah. So if you use an aisle chair to access the aircraft and cannot transfer readily over to a fixed arm, aisle armrest. And another one is the bulkhead seat or another seat. If you're traveling with a service animal that best that is best accommodated at a particular seat. And we have some big service animals <laughs> graded leg room if you have a fused or immobilized leg and need a seat that better accommodates your disability including an aisle seat or a bulkhead seat i honestly don't understand why people with long legs like to sit in the aisle i understand that they want to sit in the aisle because they can stretch their legs however if you know you have this issue and this is just for people who are tall and do not purchase an exit seat or a first class seat or a cabin plus seat or whatever may have you, just for them. If you know you have this issue, it is not the airline's responsibility to make sure that you're not protruding into the aisle with your long legs. Let me just put that out there. I have a joke for you. Okay. Tell me. we're probably gonna have to edit with this one but um yesterday as actually as a matter of fact i had uh, a little bit of a elderly ken if you may um trying to pull a stun on me and he's like i have to tell you something and i'm like oh sure what what is it is that like, i had really long legs is this person in front of me um, oh no, because we were on a three nine uh, three twenty one, and he's like, I had already like take a look at the uh, seats with a uh, more space, but they're all taken. So now I am stuck here. If this person in front of me leans over, like reclines her seat, she's going to break my legs. Literally said that. She's oh going God. to break my legs. And I'm like, where in history of flying has anybody had broken a leg because the person in front of their seat, in front of them, leaned the seat? I don't know. I don't know. And everybody did one of these, like, you know, they hold their laugh. <laughs> and I just walked away because I really couldn't just, like, I'm like, seriously? Is that so you were eyeing the, the exit zeros? Because you wanted to take those, and then you yes. complained that the seats were going to recline and break your legs. I don't understand. Oh, people are so stupid. So, 
people with long legs, you know you have this issue. Please book yourself into a seat that can accommodate your leg size. Now, with that being said, I have had I have had to move passengers from a row so that I could have a passenger with a temporary disability. She had a broken leg sit by herself in a row so she could elevate it and be out of the way because it also poses a safety risk when you're sitting in the aisle and your leg is protruding in the aisle. People are walking by and they're not paying attention. Uh, so with the cart. Also uh, the cart. Like I have I have run over some people's feet because they haven't moved their I'm like yeah. I told you to move. I said excuse me and you didn't. Have you seen that? Yeah, I, never mind. I don't even know why I bring it up, but there was that <laughs> one. There's that one office episode where Michael Scott is traveling. Oh, that's why. And uh, and the and he has like the the head um sorry the the eye mask on and he's protruding out of the aisle and the flight attendant just ramps into his head. It's hilarious. And again, it's because you're not paying attention to what you're doing, people. Anyway. An adjoining seat, if you're traveling with a person who is assisting you during the flight, such as a personal care attendant who performs a function that is not required to be performed by airline personnel, for example, assisting you with eating, or are a, or a reader, a reader if you are a blind or visually impaired, an interpreter if you're deaf or hard of hearing, or a safety assistant, for example, if you cannot assist with your own evacuation. And a lot of times I do have to move people around as well because they will have the person, the passenger with disability on like row five and then their person that they're traveling with in row 16 or 17. Have you ever had to um, brief a deaf person? I have. How do you do it? I just write it down. Yeah, I, I wrote a note um, on, a, on a napkin. I have had a couple of them. But all of them, most of them are already with a companion or mm-hmm. they they have hearing aid so they can they can hear you. Um, maybe not 100 percent, but they can. Uh, but I had a legit one person by themselves and completely deaf. Um, and I wrote the, the briefing on a and later on that that person wrote a note and with a thank you. And I'm like, oh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I, I had a, a hearing impaired person last night on my flight and they weren't it wasn't on the manifest that she was hearing impaired but I noticed it that while I was while we were boarding that she was on her phone on FaceTime she was signing and I was like well I don't know because she didn't say anything you know she was by herself and people don't usually talk during boarding So I was like, well, maybe she's talking to somebody that can't, that is hearing impaired. And I asked the flight attendant in the front, I was like, hey, do we have a hearing impaired person? And he's like, no, I don't think so. It's not listed. And I was like, okay. I was like, I think this person in this row is hearing impaired. And he was like, okay. So we went through some bumps and she unfortunately got up to go to the bathroom during the bumpy ride. And when she was coming out, of the bathroom in the front she just kind of she like stumbled a little so I just kind of motioned her to sit in in row one and later and 
just in the meantime, but because of the communication issue, I was, I was just like, I'm just going to leave her there. It's fine. And later on, she wrote on her, she wrote on her phone, my jacket is in row, in row 11. And so the other flight attendant went to go get it. And then she let, then later asked me for snacks. She also wrote it again. And then when we were taxiing, she she said to me, my my backpack is in the overhead bin by my seat. And she's like, it's a pink backpack. So I opened up the overhead bin and there's two pink backpacks in there. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> so here I am trying to figure out which one's hers. And of course, I can't. And so I just wrote on my phone, which one is yours? We figured it out eventually. I just kind of kept an eye on her through the entire flight just because I had seen that while we were boarding. And later on, the other flight attendant said to me, do you just want to leave her there? I was like, yeah, I'm not going to charge her to for the upgrade. And he was like, yeah, I don't, I'm like, it's fine. I'm like, it was really bumpy. I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to expect her to go back to her seat when it wasn't safe. Right. She shouldn't have, She first of all, she shouldn't have been up. However, because she was hearing impaired, she didn't hear any of our announcements. And then to top it off, like she like we just didn't know that she was since she wasn't listed so yeah yeah, you yeah. Do what you do service animals our favorite topic have you heard the story of the hamster <laughs> uh, the hamster that was flushed down the toilet yeah <laughs> or the peacocks or what what else have you heard of the donkeys donkeys yes that that one and then the uh the small horses but but you know what in their defense the, they are very good at um at assisting people that actually need it but on a plane <laughs> and they're legit actually they they are legit those mini horses are legit and a donkey ah oh, god now i've because, never seen that one so because of all of the array service animals this past I think it was like a year and a half, right? Like a year and a half ago, where service animals were redefined. They pretty much just said, okay, we're going to just stop all of this. I think it was with the peacock that was like, okay, we're over this. <laughs> so, <laughs> so under the Carrier Access Act, a service animal means a dog, regardless of breed or type, that is individually trained to do work or perform tasks for the benefit of a qualified individual with a disability, including physical, sensory, psychiatric, intellectual, or other mental disability. Animal species other than dogs, emotional support animals, comfort animals, companionship animals, and service animals in training are not service animals. So no, you cannot bring your hamster on the plane or your peacock. And the, the other trend that they started a, like a couple of years ago were, were the piggies. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I, I understand that you might need a comfort pet, but it's not a service animal. And, but that's the thing. I'm not talking about um, what, what they call the, the emotional support ones. I'm talking about legit service animals, like monkeys, people that, that they don't have hands or like they need extra help they train monkeys to feed these people like bring them items that they need 
but unfortunately that's another another situation you know so now these right. animals also have to travel as pets and birds sorry they do not fly at all mm-hmm. on their plane so because of the avian flu mostly i know i know so well that's just international i thought it was also in general in no it's only international I just never seen a bird anyway, so but I I heard the story of the peacock though. Right. I would love to see it though. I would love to see the peacock. Yeah. Um, so airlines are required to recognize dogs as service animals and accept them to transport on flights to, from, and within the United States. Airlines, though not required, are free to transport other species for passengers if they choose to do so. With that being said, if you have a true comfort animal or emotional support animal that you have provided documentation for well within advance in your contract of carriage by the airline, then you can transport another animal that is not a dog as a comfort or emotional support animal. So there are certain circumstances that airlines will deny transport to a service dog, and those include a violation of safety requirements, it's too large or too heavy to accommodate in the cabin, or poses a direct threat to the health and safety of others, causes a significant disruption in the cabin or airport gate areas, and or violates any health requirements. So prohibited from entering the U.S. territory or foreign country. Airlines may also deny transport to a service dog if the airline requires completed DOT service animal forms and service animal user does not provide the airline these forms. I actually had an event where I had to remove quote unquote service animal because it was too large to be sitting on somebody's lap. And this passenger had it on her lap encroaching on the passenger next to her. We asked her to put the dog on the floor. She said, he always rides on my lap. And I just looked at this this girl. She was tiny as can be. And then this dog was half her size and she's sitting on the seat. And this dog is essentially burying her on, you know, underneath him. And I was like, no, I'm sorry. Like your dog has to go on the floor. So she made a fuss about it. So we had to call a supervisor gate agent and they came over and tried to explain. So then he asked her for her boarding pass. And when he went to go reach for the boarding pass, the dog lunged at the gate agent. And I was like, oh, no, he's off. I'm like, they're both off the plane. Off the plane. Wow. So that that posed a direct threat of, for the safety of others. And she just could not understand why we were taking her off the plane. I was like, look, I understand that this dog was protecting you and that's great. However, in an emergency, if you have a seizure or you collapse or anything and I try to assist you and your dog doesn't let me, then that poses a threat to your safety and your health because I can't assist you in any way. So, I mean, that dog posed a threat to the safety, not just of the aircraft, because now we can see that it wasn't going to let us assist this person in an emergency. Yeah. So how do airlines determine whether an animal is a service animal? They can determine by asking 
Okay, so they can say if it's a service animal or a pet by asking the individual with a disability if the animal is required to accompany the passenger because of a disability and what work or task the animal has been trained to perform. They are looking for physical indicators such as presence of harness or vest, and they're looking to see if the animal is harnessed, leashed, or otherwise feathered, and observing the behavior of the animal. So just because you buy a vest on Amazon does not make your animal a service animal because service animals are trained and they are trained not to speak or run away from the, pa the passenger with a disability. They are also trained not to go to the bathroom. They are trained not to do a lot of things unless they're told to do them. I just had one of my girlfriends, she said that he, that she had a, a passenger with a disability who had a service animal. So this dog sat for longer than four and a half hours in a place where he was told to sit down. She did not get up. My friend gave the owner water for the dog, but the dog did not drink it because he knew that he was not going to be able to relieve himself for a long time. You don't even know that they're there. Nobody knew that this dog was there until the very end of the flight. And that's how, that's how true service animals are. That's very impressive that they are trained as far as like not knowing to not consume food or drink until yeah. certain times. And, and even he told my friend, because she, she told me that he had this, she, that she had this entire conversation with him throughout the over four and a half hour flight that he will not leave his side unless he says, okay, go make friends. Because we're not supposed to, we're not allowed to pet the service animals because they are working. So this, the animal, the service, a true service animal does not leave your side and it doesn't have a stroller. <laughs> a stroller? Yes, have you not seen those passengers? They're like, this is my service animal and they come down on a stroller. No, I mean I seen, I seen the pets in in strollers, but not a service. Uh, to quote a service animal. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. So, there the passengers with disabilities are entitled to certain accommodations free of charge under the Air Carrier Access Act. The ACAA states that all domestic and international flights that have the U.S. as the destination or origination point are required to provide necessary accommodation to people with disabilities to ensure safe travel. The U.S. Department of Transportation is responsible for enforcing the ACAA, and the DOT's guidelines include videos and other digital content for best practices for airline personnel and traveling and the traveling public. Some of the topics include air travel with assistive devices as well as with wheelchairs, service animals, and seating accommodations. And very important, if you feel discriminated against on the basis of your disability, you can file a complaint directly with the DOT by calling 202-366-4000 or via the federal relay, and that's federalrelay.us. I'll add those links in the podcast notes. It's sad because it says, unfortunately, there are complaints that are reported by those traveling with disability. While there is definitely not a one-size-meets-all solution, knowing some of the common problems other travelers have experienced can help you better prepared 
if a similar situation arises. There's also some tips here. In case you are not aware for the listening public, a lot of the air aircraft are wheelchair accessible. And as you mentioned, there's usually a wheelchair on board. So if you are a non-ambulatory passenger who needs to use the restroom, please don't think that you don't have an option because aircraft are required to have one wheelchair accessible bathroom. Yeah. And there's also a DOT Aviation Consumer Protection Division Disability Hotline, and that's 800-778-4838. And I'll also add a lot of this information in the episode notes. Yes. So, okay, some tips. Pick the right flight. Choosing the right airline and flight is the first step. Ensuring that you select an airline with the best customer service reputation is important. Don't forget to factor in any frequent flyer status that you may have, airport layouts, flight lengths, and flight connections when you are looking at a flight at flight options. If you do have to make a connection, allow at least 90 minutes between connecting flights in order to ensure enough time to transfer between gates. No matter which airline you select, you will always be sure to select box for assistance when booking. This will help with seating and check-in process later on. So, and then there's also actually, this is really cool. This is from upgradedpoints.com. It actually lists different airlines and how they help people. And it lists their phone numbers as well. So I'll add this as well. From the Department of Trans or, yeah, Transportation.gov, here are some tips. For those of you traveling with your wheelchair and other assistive devices. So before your trip, you need to confirm with the airline that your wheelchair will fit in the cargo hold if you are traveling on a small plane like a commuter aircraft or regional jet. Attach a clear assembly and disassembly instructions to your wheelchair before you head to the airport. Having written instructions will assist the airline personnel and contractors in case your wheelchair needs to be disassembled for transport. So at the airport, if you travel with a battery-powered wheelchair, you must arrive at the airport one hour prior to the normal check-in time. And if your wheelchair or walker cannot be carried in the cabin, you can check it. If you have a wheelchair or walker, you do not need to check them until you are at the gate. You can request your wheelchair or walker be returned to you on the jetway or at your, desti at your destination and not the baggage claim area. Airlines are required to return the wheelchairs to users as close possible as closely as possible to the door of the aircraft if requested. Upon receiving your wheelchair, do a quick inspection before you use it. If there's any damage, go immediately to the airline's customer service and file a claim. If something goes wrong on domestic US on the on domestic flights, US carriers must fully compensate the passenger for loss or damage of the wheelchairs or other assistive devices without regard to without regard to rules limiting liability for loss or damaged baggage. On international flights, the Montreal Convention provisions control payments for items including assistive devices. If you believe your rights have been violated and the airline employee you find at first is unable to help you, ask to speak with a complaints resolution official, a CRO, and that is the airline's expert on disability accommodation issues. Airlines are required to make one available to you at no cost in person at the airport or by telephone during the times they are operating. So that's good to know. Contact the CRO. This is for wheelchair and guided assistance tips. So before your trip, you should make your reservation as early as possible and advise the airline what type of assistance you will need. 
For example, should, you should indicate whether you need a wheelchair assistance or a guided assistance. Request an airport wheelchair when you make your reservation if you're unable to walk long distances. If you try, uh, then it goes back into what happens if you bring your own powered battery wheelchair. At the airport, arrive as early as possible to allow time to check any baggage, go through security, and board the plane. When you arrive at the airport, it's important that you self-identify self as a passenger with a disability needing assistance. Although the airline may have noted in your reservation that you need assistance, the airline will not know that you are the person who requested the assistance if you do not self-identify. I'm gonna just call them and make a reservation and then just get to the airport and just wait. And then when they don't help me because I'm waiting for their assistance, it's in my reservation. It says I need assistance in my reservation. Why didn't you assist me? Hey, I mean. It's happened before. Yeah. Oh, I can only imagine. Yeah. That's what I, that's why they have to put in these things. So be alert to the gate and flight time changes and notify airline personnel of your need to move to a different gate if necessary. I, sh I We should really add that a lot of airlines do not have their own employees that assist with the wheelchair. A lot of them, about 80% of the time, it is a third-party contractor that assists with wheelchair pushing. Advise airline personnel at the boarding gate of any assistance you may need. For example, pre-boarding, assistance with carry-on, moving within the aircraft, and you are also entitled to stay in your own wheelchair until you get to the gate. At the gate, your wheelchair will be taken from you if you cannot walk, you will be transported uh, to your aircraft seat in an aisle chair, and your wheelchair will be returned to you at the gate once you reach your destination. Now I feel more compassionate with everything that uh, we have discussed because I didn't know that they had to go through so many, you know, loops and holes and stuff like that in order to get assistance and have a, bit, a little bit of a better quality of life and that's their pretty much their everyday life if you think about it everywhere that yeah. they have they go they have to go through all those challenges you know so i feel like more compassion about it right now now that i understand and this is just you know like like we're saying you know just only to flying just right. only imagine for the rest of of every life yeah I know. so so on the aircraft it says to advise the flight attendants if you need assistance sewing or retrieving your carry-on luggage during the flight. I don't like to grab personal belongings from the overhead bin because I do not want to be held responsible for anything that may be missing in that bag. Correct. However, the little viejitas and viejitos have my heart because you can't say no to them, especially when they don't speak English. Did you just call me a viejito? Always. You are older. <laughs> <laughs> so if you did not request assistance before the flight, but realize during your flight that you will need assistance, assistance at your destination or connecting city, notify the crew that you will need assistance when the flight lands. Yes. Because otherwise, it's going to take longer for us to get you your thing. If you need a wheelchair assistance to get off the aircraft, you should know that airlines generally provide assistance after all other passengers have deplaned. 
Thank you, transportation.gov, for making that clear. Yes. Yes. And this is for seating accommodation. So again, it says to make your reservation as early as possible and request the needed for seating accommodation. You should know that individuals with a service animal or fused leg have priority for the bulkhead seat. Airlines provide advanced seat assignments to passengers must either block an adequate number of bulkhead seats for passengers traveling with a service animal or have, uh, who have a fused leg or designate an adequate number of bulkhead seats as priority seats for such, such passengers. And we do have certain rows that we put people in that have disabilities. Be aware that the airline is not required to allow you to select specific seat, it, but it is required to provide you with a seat that meets your need and with a certain limitation for bulkhead seats and emergency exit seats. And you should also know that airlines are not required to upgrade you to a higher class of service to accommodate your disability. Damn it. Ha <laughs> ha, there goes your plan. <laughs> Airlines are also not required to provide more than one per ticket. And then, of course, again, when you get to the airport, check in at the counter, confirm with the airline uh, that has the record of your seating accommodation request. And if you need additional assistance, please ask for assistance. Once on the aircraft, you are entitled to a bulkhead if you're traveling with a service animal or have a fused or immobilized leg. Airlines are also required to provide other available bulkhead seats to passengers with other types of disabilities if they needed to readily access the air transportation service. If you have given advance notice to airlines about the seating accommodation you need and have received a seat assignment, there is an aircraft change to request accommodation should be transferred to the new seating map for replacement for the replacement airplane. While the airline may not guarantee that you receive the exact same seat assignment, the new seat assignment should provide the same level of accommodation that your original seat assignment. And lastly, for service animals, for tips with service animals, if your service animal needs to relieve itself, please ask an airport or airline professional for the location of the nearest service animal relief area. On board the aircraft, your service animal must be permitted to accompany you in the space under the seat in front of you. Certain small animals may be permitted to sit on your lap if it can be done so safely. Sorry, your service animal cannot block the space that must remain obstructed for safety reasons, such as an aisle or access to an emergency exit. An airline is not required to upgrade you to a different class of service to accommodate your service animal. Airlines cannot refuse to allow your service animal on board because it makes other passengers or flight crew uncomfortable. Unless it's a safety issue, if another passenger has a problem with a safety animal, guess what? That person that has the problem is going to have to go. The service animal will stay on the plane. And your service animal must behave properly. An animal that engages in disruptive behavior, examples barking or snarling, running around, and or jumping onto other passengers without being provoked will not be accepted as a service animal. And if you are traveling outside the U.S., here are a few things to keep in mind. U.S. airlines traveling to foreign countries are subject to the requirements of that foreign country regarding the acceptance of service animals. And not all countries permit service animals from, from other foreign countries. And then just check to ensure whether your destination country permits your animal and any other requirements to enter and exit legally. And that's all I have for you. That's a lot of information. On, and, and it's a subject that is like, I wanted to make kind of like a couple of jokes, but it's a, it's a serious subject. So I think we should take it seriously. Yes, it is. I mean, there's the time and place and 
Correct. Talking talking regard regarding people's disabilities is probably not the best place to make a joke. Right, right. So <laughs> no, but that's a lot of good information and like I learned a couple of things and and, and like I said earlier, now I feel a whole lot more compassionate towards these these issues because it's an everyday thing for them. An everyday, and I feel, I mean, I have, I've always had some sort of compassion, but just reading more about it has definitely opened up my eyes to oh, all yeah. the stuff that they have to go through that we Agreed. weren't aware of on the other side. I agree. I totally agree. With the person, again, that have true disabilities that truly need assistance, because those that are just pretending so they can reap the rewards of it, how sad for you that you have to, and shame on you, that you have to go to do this. Yeah. The world we live in. Exactly. Have you been watching anything? Um, what did we watch? Did we watch something the other day and. Oh, we've been catching up on on Loki. It's another superhero movie, and I'm a movie, sorry, TV show. I wasn't too sure, but then like the past couple of episodes have been really good. I'm like, oh, I guess I'm interested now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because it's the only time that I have now with Turkey together. Because life at home has been very, very hectic, very, very yeah, interesting. I can imagine since you wouldn't let me come see you. No, it's the poor guys feel bad. I know. Yeah, I could definitely. Um, I have not really been watching anything. I mean, I saw your schedule and I don't know how you have time to watch anything because you've been working a lot. I have been working a lot. I I don't know how I do anything. So I've been reading my book. Um, So tomorrow, yeah, tomorrow, Sunday. I'll be having my book club meeting. So I'll almost done with my House of Spirits book. Mm. Mm-hmm. Anything you're reading? Uh, no, not really. What about podcast? Still listening to the, the same ones that I've been listening to. Oh, I started listening to the Jinx Monsoon one. I don't know the name, but I can find it real quick. And, and Katya and Trixie. Yeah, that's that's about it right now. I've been listening to Pods Like Us. I've also been listening to Beauty Unlocked. I know that I said that before, but it's like it's just really cool to see somebody break down the beauty world. And then, of course, the Mind Buzz and... Jeff and Jared saved the world. Yeah, so that's the podcast. Yeah. Uh, but other than that, I don't have anything else for you. No. So where they can find us? Where can they find us? <laughs> where they can find us? You tell me I ask first. <laughs> Fine. Uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Amazon Music, Google Podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, review. You can find us on Instagram at the Flight Attendant Podcast and on Twitter at Stacy's Flight Safe. Uncle Jay, take it away. And our website at the Flight Attendant Podcast and our website at theflightattendantpodcast.com and our email address is theflightattendantpodcast at gmail.com. Yay. Send us questions, people. Send us questions and stuff like that so we can answer more. I like those. Yes. 
Yes, but yeah, send us questions, anything. We will answer pretty much anything. And that's it for us. Stay safe. Fly safe. And look at you. All right. Bye. Bye.